0: This is The Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's talk about some dietary advice at this time of year. I know everybody's thinking of school lunches and work lunches and all that kind of thing. But we want to be healthy. And everybody always says, oh, we should work more plant-based items into our diet. But how do you do that? Where do you start? How do you meal plan? How does that change things? So many questions, but our next guest can actually help with that. It is Desiree Nielsen. We've talked to her many times, but so rarely actually in person. She's a registered dietitian. Her new book is called Eat More Plants, Over 100 Anti-Inflammatory Plant-Based Recipes for Vibrant Living. And she is here with us today. Hi, Desiree. Hi. I love this book. Thank you so much. How did you develop the recipes?
1: You know, these recipes were really a labor of love. I, you know, we were talking before, I have scores of cookbooks lining my shelves. And, you know, not a lot of them are plant-based. So I would get these books for flavor inspiration. Um, And then I wouldn't use the recipes because they took 90 minutes or two hours. And I'm not going to do that on a Wednesday night. So the ideas really came a lot from, you know, flavor combinations I read in cookbooks and like a meat recipe or something or something I eat in a restaurant. But then I really wanted to make them doable. Like everything is 30 to 45 minutes. You can do this on a Tuesday night because I
0: want this book to get like Battered, spattered and used and loved. That is so true. You're right about the cookbooks. So it's tough to find one that you go back to for something quick and easy. I think my current one, After now this one's going to be the new one, but my current one is America's Test Kitchen Vegetarian Cookbook, yeah. which is a really, really good one as well.
1: And, you know, it's, with eat more plants, you know, the other thing that I really want to do is that this is a therapeutic nutrition cookbook. Yeah, too. there's a lot to read in here. There is, there's a lot to read. You know, I'm a dietitian. I still have an active practice and so many people come to me because they're not feeling well and, you know, mm. they look well, but they're in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s. We live crazy lives and their gut's going nuts or they have this inflammation stuff going on. And, you know, I spend so much time teaching people how to eat, but still we need to know what to make for dinner. And so this and like is, now, yeah, and like now. So the, you know, as opposed yeah. to like hand selecting recipes from the internet for my yeah. clients, now it's like everything in this book will help you heal. It'll help you feel more
0: energized, and it tastes really delicious. What are your favorites? Is there one a couple of recipes that really stick out for you in this? There must be.
1: There, there are. You know, it's hard to you know choose favorites amongst your babies, but there's a, a lentil walnut taco recipe in there because everyone loves tacos. It's so flavorful. You will never buy a packet of taco seasoning again, and I essentially put like a salad on the taco and call it salsa
0: <laughs> okay I could buy that and is that is that key as well where are you making things that people will go this tastes familiar
1: yeah I think you know there's there are new ideas in the book but then there's a lot of like kind of cheeky familiar like there's a burger there but it's um edamame and green I so it's got that. a little yeah. Asian flair Kale happening and- Yeah, totally. Um, But I also want to introduce people to new things like the turmeric cake, which is actually a traditional Lebanese recipe that I've sort of healthified um, to just show people that you can use spices you don't expect in ways that you don't expect or to use a vegetable in a way that you don't expect like celery root and make it a fritter and make it a delicious snack.
0: I saw the golden porridge in there yes. as well. Tell us about that. So
1: the golden porridge is actually one of my favorites. Uh, and the reason it is, is because so many of us eat oatmeal or porridge every single day.
0: and we're Mine like, is sitting on my desk right now. Right? Actually, and you're like,
1: yeah, yeah I'll eat this because it's healthy, but I'm not really excited by it. That golden porridge is so flavorful. It tastes like the most amazing, like sort of turmeric chai beverage, but in a millet porridge and it's millet too, as opposed to oats. So just getting people to try a new grain in a way they probably haven't before.
0: Let's talk about millet for a second here, because (laughs) I do keep seeing millet recipes and I'm intrigued. What is it?
1: So millet—it's the new quinoa, at least in uh, my house. The new
0: quinoa, <laughs> because my
1: family actually doesn't love quinoa. So what? I was making them eat it, eat it, eat it, and they're like, "We're really tired of this." Millet is amazing because it has a similar nutrient profile. It's really high in minerals. It's got some protein. Um, it cooks up just as quickly, but it's actually got a fluffier, weedier texture, almost like a couscous. Oh. It's still gluten-free. It's still really nutrient-dense, um, but it's. Very comforting, in my opinion.
0: The fluffy, I think, is a big difference, because you're right. There's a couple of non-quinoa fans at my house, and the problem is they're like it's little pebbles there. It's yeah. like, you know, too grainy <laughs> for them. So that would make a big difference. Do you think millet is, are these kinds of ingredients becoming more widely available?
1: They are. I mean, we live in a little bit of a bubble here in Vancouver because these things are available, not just at the health food store, but you know, like at the superstore, like at everywhere. Um, so some places they might be a little harder to find, but the goal for me in this book is that they were foods that people could access almost anywhere because right. I want people to actually get in there and cook.
0: Let's talk about that. Then how much of what you can make in this book is sitting in your pantry right now? Like in anybody's pantry. Right yeah. Now. You know, if you're
1: kind of the average healthy eater a lot, the, the challenge with this or the difference with this book is that it's a completely gluten-free book as well. Oh. My goal was to do completely gluten-free and plant-based so that it's a Accessible to as many people as possible, and I have a lot of clients in my practice who are gluten free because I do gut health. So, as opposed to using wheat pasta, you know, you're going to explore chickpea pasta, or you're actually going to make your own gnocchi from chickpea flour in that really? cookbook as well. Yeah, are potatoes bad? Potatoes aren't bad, and I think this <laughs> is really important for me as a dietitian. There is no food that is good or bad everything exists in a balance. This book, however, is designed to be anti-inflammatory. So eating a lot of potatoes, which are really fluffy, which will spike your blood sugars, they don't have a huge place in an anti-inflammatory cookbook, but they absolutely have a place in a healthy diet.
0: You're so right about the pasta though. Cause like I always loved pasta and then like, quit eating pasta for a long time. And then on a night out thought, Oh, I'm going to splurge and have this pasta. And boy, did my gut ever feel it. Is that just what's going to happen as we get older? You know, I've been having this
1: conversation a lot. So I'm turning 40 this month. And you know, naturally I'm having this conversation. (laughs) I'm super excited. I actually, I feel really good about my forties, but if I'm honest with myself, what's different is my body. And so a lot of these recipes came out of that response to, I can't eat the way that I did when I was 25 and feel the same. However, eating this way, uh, eating the fewer refined grains, being way more vegetable focused, so not just like a healthy meal of a ton of brown rice and some tofu, but way more vegetables on my plate, Mm -hmm. make me feel actually better better than I did when I was 25.
0: That is so true. So how would, how do you ease yourself into this? Especially if you're thinking you want your whole family, you can't just kind of start cold turkey and go, Hey, everybody, this is what's now for dinner. How do you ease everybody into that? Yeah,
1: Especially if you have a family with, you know, fairly standard taste buds, I think it's really important to go slow and to really have a sense of play with all of this. You know, we can so excited about making change and then think we have to change everything overnight. And it usually ends up petering off pretty fast. So if you have kids at home, particularly look through the book together or like maybe select five recipes you'd be interested in making and then talk with them. I want to make something new. I want us to explore something new as a family. Let's go through these five recipes. What would you be most interested to try? And then get them grocery shopping with you. Get them in the kitchen. I really think we have doing, one, not assume that our kids only like, quote unquote, kid food, you know, like white starch yeah. and cheese and nothing else, <laughs> uh, although they do love it. Believe me, I know. I have two of them. Um, but also getting them involved in their own food preparation and understanding the time, attention and care that it takes. And they're going to be way more likely to accept a food if they had a hand in making it.
0: And who wouldn't want to eat healthy breakfast cupcakes with a salted chocolate frosting?
1: My children love that recipe.
0: It's dairy free, gluten free, vegan and vegetarian. Yes. And it doesn't taste
1: like all of those things. (laughs) Because that's the point, right? You can, I mean, you can eat straw and that's vegan and (laughs) gluten-free, but you want to actually
0: enjoy what you're eating. If you don't enjoy it, what's the point? So ease yourself into it. You said, start with five recipes and say, listen, over the week, we're going to cook these five recipes. Yeah.
1: Or even slower than that. If you're doing two of these recipes every week, that's phenomenal. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Work them in. If you need a little bit of extra salt or a
0: little bit of extra sugar to help bring it up to what your taste buds are used to do it, but don't go overboard. I feel like sugar is going to be the next book of yours we're going to be talking about.
1: (laughs) Everything in there is incredibly low sugar, but I think the thing is, is you have to meet yourself where you're at. If you're drinking sweetened drinks like all day, every day, if you eat a lot of candy, if you eat a lot of baked goods, you might have to doctor these recipes because your taste buds just don't appreciate low sugar whole foods yet.
0: So that's the point then is the transition. So just a little bit by a little bit until you're used to it. And then, and then you find we'll you won't it need down. it as much anymore. Absolutely.
1: Taste buds do change. And I think people are really surprised how quickly they do. Is this available now? This is available now. It's available everywhere. It officially came out, I guess, a week a week ago. It's been seven
0: days. Wow. You've been very (laughs) busy. The book is called Eat More Plants, Over 100 Anti-Inflammatory Plant-Based Recipes for Vibrant Living. It's a beautiful book. You'll love to read it. There's a lot of great information in there as well. Desiree, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Sydney. That is Desiree Nielsen, registered dietitian and now author as well. So check out her new cookbook.